a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Big show coming up on Footy Talk. The great Aaron Woods is in. We're going to talk the grand final. Who oh, do you have? Oh, I think I've got the Broncos Ooh, this weekend. I like it. And I'm going to run you through my dally M 1 to 13 and a subby on the interchange bench. Ooh, bring it on. Let's go. Hello and welcome to a special grand final edition of Footy Talk. And today, Gordon Tallis is out, but we've got the great Aaron Woods in. Woodsy, how pumped are you for grand final? There's just something in the air this week. There's something different about this week. Uh, it's the best week of, you know, of the competition, Emma. It's, everyone's excited to watch. I think it's it's awesome to see team one versus team two. You know, the two best sides of the year. What about the players and the team? The matchups, Carrigan, Yo, Reynolds, you know, Nathan Cleary. It's just the stars have aligned. Finally, we've got a grand final that we can get really, really excited about. And, mate. Very, very excited for this weekend, Emma. And one of the best things about Grand Final Week is the media likes to, you know, create headlines. And already early in the week, we have seen a few articles floating around. And and this always happens at this time. There'll be talk about tactics of one team and whether or not that's fair. And a lot of it probably at times has been leaked from the opposition side to the media and their sources. But there's chat about the Panthers' tactics. Firstly, their wrestle and then their blockers to protect the kicker. What are your thoughts on all of this, Woodsy? I love the theatre around it, Emma. It's, it's always going to be something this week to, to blow the game wide open. Penrith have been in the grand final for the last four seasons. Like, there's no denying they're so good of a side. And, and you need to get the one percenters on them. And, and for me, I don't think they'd give a, a rat's ass really about all this stuff that's coming out. But it's just, other. I reckon it's been come from the Brisbane camp to try and just have a little bit of a decoy and, and sort of try and knock them back. But the wrestle they do, is it's clean. You know, I've watched – we commentated the last two games they've played. You, you can't fault them. They're, they're so good. Um, the kickers, when they're getting blocked for Cleary, every team does it. You know, Adam Reynolds is one of the best kickers in the game. He's so hard to get to. Always Carrigan or, or Hass is in front. You can't get around. They do it well. You can't go side by side. So if you watch on the weekend – Fisher-Harris is just in front of Yo or, or, or Leota is just in front of Fisher-Harris, which is perfect. It's a great example of what to do and, and how to protect your kickers. One thing I did notice, though, is that you watch the good sides. Like, I watched Penrith real closely the other night, and when they were putting kick pressure on on Munster and Hughes, doesn't matter if they couldn't get there, they'd still hold the kicker out of play. So it just gives you a free line. Like, there's a little space in the hole where Edwards can run and poke his nose through. You know, watching Brisbane, they do the same thing. You know, got likes of Jordan Ricky putting great kick pressure on, and they just kept holding up the halfbacks. You know, in that game, it was Tamari Martin uh, or Sean Johnson. But then when it was the opposite, teams that would try to get to Cleary or Adam Reynolds, they'd get there, but they wouldn't hold him back. So he'd still be able to form, get in the line of the kick chase. So... That's something that's going to be really good to watch this week because both sides do a great job on kick pressure. You know, it's it's a funny week because you only get so many little stories and little curveballs thrown everywhere. But yeah, their tactics, there's nothing wrong with them. They're outstanding and they do everything. Both sides do it. Brisbane wrestle really well in the ruck as well. So they've got to be careful what they come out and say. I don't think Ivan Cleary will bite back at that at all this week because a few years ago he got into that battle with Wayne Bennett, do you remember? And yep. he got beaten. I think he learned his lesson and he's never really got into those battles in the media ever again? So. Uh, not at all. And I think that's something that Ivan's learned over yeah. the last couple of years. Like, you know, there's 
there's no denying how good they are. Four grand finals in four years. That's that is absolutely that's something Melbourne haven't done. That's incredible. And to go for a three-peat, no one has done that in the new NRL competition. So, you know, he would probably be sitting back and laughing, you know, thinking, well, if that's them trying to get us off mm-hmm. our own, you know, get us out of our own comfort zone, they're laughing at that because there's so many – the quality of, of players, it's so hard to pull out a, a, an error out of their squad. Like, mm-hmm. you, where do you go to – you know, you look at the front rowers, outstanding. The back rowers, outstanding. The lock, mate. How good is Isaiah Yo yeah. playing? Like, there's no fault in their in a defensive line. There's probably a couple, but you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later on. But there's just they work so well with each other. And when you do get a fault, they cover each other's backsides. And being the great uh, technical analyst that you are, or <laughs> AKA footy nerd, you like uh, one tactic in particular that yes. the Panthers employ. So can explain that to all of our listeners out there. So mainly when you, when you put a kick. You put a big bomb in. We'll try to get Cherry to put a massive kick into the corner or something. And then say you got Taruva coming out or, or Dylan Edwards. You know, they're, they're not the biggest of men. Um, so you try to get three or four in the tackle and you try to lift him up and drive, drive him back. What Penrith do so well is they get in there. It's a penalty if you touch the defender, but they, they just hold their player up. It's like they're making a tackle on their own player. And they can't, the defenders, you just can't get them to the ground. And it becomes a quick play of the ball. And then you've got two players out because you've got four in the play of the ball. It's so frustrating. What I've tend to notice with sides against Penrith, they start, you know, Jerome Law is a special ad. He's so good. And I'm not saying it's a bad, I think this is an exceptional tactic that he does. He's a very smart player. Players start to push and shove him and they forget about the play of the ball. And then you watch the next carry from, you know, whether it's Toto or Edwards, they just get in behind the ruck because there's always a, probably a late person running back or, you know, two and they just find that little bit of space and just poke their nose through. And then that's what sets their starts off. You know, the big boys in, in Fisher, Harris, Leota, they don't have to run back so far because they're making so many metres from the back five. And it just comes from that simple little play. That you can't get them to the ground. And it, it's just so frustrating because yeah. you work all week to do it, but they do it so well. And, you know, Stephen Crichton was really good at it the other night. He, he noticed a couple of times Taruva was just getting driven back. It's like he bear hugs him and holds him up. Yeah. And then sometimes you, as a defender, because you're trying to, take the momentum, you fall off the tackle and then he's standing and plays the ball. Oh, it's it frustrating. But that, mate, credit to him. It's, just, it's, it's, not a, it's not an illegal play. It's it's within the rules and they do it so well. As for the Broncos, coming up now against arguably the best team in the competition for the last, well, well definitely the last four or five yep. years, but could go down as the greatest of the modern era. Is this their biggest challenge to date? They did beat... Penrith, it was way back in round one. That was no Dylan but, Edwards. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different. And, and Penrith start started so yeah. slowly. We were saying, oh, they're off this year. But so you can't really take that into consideration. But where we are now, is this still their biggest test of the season? For me, it is. Yeah. Um, I just think the matchup, the styles of footy, you know, you watch Melbourne play against them. Melbourne tend to try suffocate you. But the, the speed of the game that Panthers were playing it, and I love the tactics. They got Fisher Harris. Normally he carries one off the ruck. They were getting a, a wide pass to Cleary, then finding Fisher Harris on the out, and he was just running straight at Jerome Hughes, which was just getting their rucks, but they just couldn't handle him. And they didn't just go set for set through the middle. They were moving the ball around, and, and Melbourne just couldn't keep up with the pace. They had they tried to get their big bodies on early, tried to, you know, there's a lot of talk throughout the, the week of trying to intimidate them because the, the Melbourne ruck copped a fair bit of heat, but then... Cleary was just so smart. He just kept moving the big boys around and they were gassed after about 15 minutes into the game. But the difference with the Broncos is they've got similar to Penrith. Like they're, they're fast, they're fit, they're strong. And I think that's what's going to really worry Penrith a little bit this week. And a lot of people said on the weekend, yeah, you know, the scoreline, there were seven tries scored in that first half against the Broncos. But it's the willingness of them to be able to go set for set with 
with Penrith, and I think that's going to hurt them a little bit because Penrith haven't faced a side for a while like Brisbane, you know, and then you've got the likes of Reese Walsh at the back. And for me on the weekend, the, the right edge of the Panthers, I think it was Liam Martin, Tungo, and was it Brian Toto? They just looked a little bit out of sync because Targo hasn't played for quite a while. Um, you know, Cleary's just coming back from the – or not coming back, but he's had a few weeks from the hamstring. Martin's had a huge year. But there's a few question marks there early in the game. If, if uh, Justin Mullen catches that ball, they go up 10-6. And then you've got to remember, that's Reese Walsh's favourite side. So his pace, as you saw the other night against the Warriors, it just creates an overlap. He's just so quick. And there was one try on the weekend. I think it was when he set up Billy Walters back on the inside. He, they showed you behind play. He was just standing there mm-hmm. from, a, from just on a, a still start. And then he realized there's a great late offload. I think it was from either Hassel Carrigan. And he just takes off, hits it that quick. The back row for the Warriors couldn't even get near him. Murata near court, and he goes straight through. And then just they're ready to play on every play. Um, they're similar to Panthers. They don't just have a setup play and then try to get you on the next shot. All their support goes through the line and then they're always ready. Then it's not just a setup play where you go, all right, we're gonna lay this line here, then we're gonna have a crack next one. They see every play as an opportunity, and that's what Brisbane do. And I think that's gonna worry Penrith a little bit. And for Penrith too, given so th- going for third premiership in a row, they beat Souths, then they beat Para last year. Is this their toughest grand final? Oh, definitely. And the thing I love about it is I thought that Souths game, Souths were a chance to win that. We spoke about it off air. Adam Reynolds had a conversion to yeah. tie it up. And it's funny how Adam Reynolds was a halfback of that side. You know, they had no Latrell Mitchell, but it was just the Adam Reynolds steering around the park. It was unlucky, you know, for Cody Walker on the night that Crichton gets the intercept try, but... I think this is going to be their toughest challenge, and especially three in a row. Like, it's mm. it's never been done before in, in the NRL era. Obviously, Parramatta did it in the early 80s. I think it was 81, mm. 82, and 83. But now with the salary caps and, you know, players moving on, it is such a tough ask to do go to back-to-back, let alone go three in a row. So you've got to give Penrith a – they are probably the best side in the NRL era, one of the best teams ever to play the, the competition, probably bar the Dragons in the – I think it was the 60s when they won 10 in a row. Mm. But this is a huge challenge. You've got mm. some young blokes that they don't have fear. I reckon watching the other night, Walsh comes up with a couple of errors, but doesn't care. He reminds me mm. of James Maloney. Like he's, someone said it, I think we were commentating yesterday, he's got a, a brain of a goldfish. <laughs> he just forgets. So it doesn't matter if he makes a mistake, he just comes back with more and he just keeps threatening. So it's going to be a huge game for Penrith and I think it's going to be a great game for the NRL. Yeah, it's going to be an incredible week all round. But up next, we are going to be talking the Dally M's. <laughs> Alrighty, Woodsy, just quickly before we do move on, to celebrate the NRL finals, Footy Talk is giving away a platinum double pass to the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final on October 1. Click the link in the episode description and use today's code word, BLUES, B-L-U-E-S. Listen to Footy Talk on Listener, Apple Podcasts or Spotify every day until September 27 to get a new code word and enter as many times as you like. All right, Woodsy, so you have been tasked with coming up with your Dally M team of the year and we've said, you know what, throw the rules out the window. Yep. I know generally there well, are some rules about being suspended and whether or not you can... Well, you know what, we can make our own rules up. The refs did on the weekend with the forward pass, <laughs> so we can do our own thing now. Alrighty, so we're going to start your team. Should we start uh, at fullback? Fullback. Let's I, go. So he's not a contender, I think, because he got suspended early in the season, but I'm going to have to go Reese Walsh. Yeah. He's been one of the main reasons why Brisbane are where they are. Mm-hmm. And, and look what he did for Queensland, you know, in the state of origin. 
There's a lot of question marks over him getting picked ahead Ponga, but he was a difference. Mm. And your wingers? So my wingers, I'm going to go with Brian Toto. I just think he's just the best winger in the competition. He's been outstanding for so many years, um, and he's a massive reason of why the Panthers are where they are. And the other one I'm going to pick is going to be uh, Jermaine Osako. I thought he had an outstanding year. You know, there's a lot of question marks over him because he did go from Brisbane mid-year to the Gold Coast Titans and then signed with Redcliffe. And I just think under Wayne Bennett, he's been a, a, a huge find and a huge reason why the you know the Dolphins were a consistent side. Yeah. What about your centres for Dallium Team of the Year? So my centres of the year, they'll both be playing in the grand final, but against each other, I'm going to go with Stephen Crichton. He's been mm-hmm. outstanding and so has Herbie Farnworth. Yeah. Love late feed on Herbie and... I think I heard a stat the other night. He just consistently gets over 100, averages 100 metres plus a game. And your six and seven, who you got? So my five, eight, it's, you know, this is a hard one, but I'm going to have to go with Ezra Mam. I just Ooh, think yeah. he's been so consistent all year. There was a period where Adam Reynolds was, you know, he had a couple of little minor injuries with the calf and he missed the game and he had to steer the ship and I thought he did a great job. So he's going to be my six and my seven, which it's going to be a bit of a talking point go through my Dally M player of the year. Um, I'm going to pick Nathan Cleary. Okay. I, I just think by far as a halfback, if he doesn't miss those games with the hamstring, he gets the mm-hmm. Dally M medal of the year. But he obviously missed quite a fair few games with the hamstring after Origin 1, but he has been absolute class. He's still the best player in the competition, so uh, it's hard not to put uh, it there. I think he, like, you know, the last couple of years we've also got Tedesco close behind. I just think he's a length ahead now. Mm-hmm. He's, there's no one close to him. All right, so heavy Panthers and Broncos contingent in there, and I imagine it's the same up front as well. Who are your front rowers? So the front rowers was really hard because Payne has started the season off. He was a Dallium leader when it went underground. So I've actually missed him out. Can you believe that? I've gone Ooh. with Adam Fanua Blake from the Warriors yeah. and James Fisher Harris yeah. from the Panthers. Like yeah. you got to remember, they were talking to uh, Nelson Asolfo Solomona, Payne Hass, Lindsay Collins as well. Yeah. That was probably the toughest one to pick. What about your hooker? My hooker is going to be Wade Egan from the Warriors. Yeah, I, just, I just thought he was consistently the best hooker of the competition. Um, you know, I know we got Appy Coruscant there. It was just tough with the West Tigers. Yeah. He had some games where he played 5 8 as well. And Harry Grant. Start off the season enormously, but I thought this is the back end, you know, and that was when Harry Grant sort of jumped, um, not Harry Grant, Wade Egan jumped him and, you know, the Warriors were, found himself in the top four position. What about your back rowers? Back rowers was, you know, that was another tough one. Um, Liam Martin, he, I thought he was the best back rower in the competition. Honestly, almost single-handedly won us the game in Origin 1. Um, he was just devastating. And then I'm going to go with my teammate, uh, Hamoli Olakowatu. Oh, you got you got to have a token manly have player to, mate, in have there. Have to. I thought he was outstanding, <laughs> the big fella, and um, I think he come come up with the biggest hit of the year as well on Justin Olam. And your lock. My lock. So that this is a hard one. So you got in the in the nominees, you got Toe Harris, Isaiah Yo, and Pat Carrigan. All three of them could be one, but I'm gonna have to go with Pat Carrigan. Yeah. I just thought the the difference with Yo and Carrigan was the origin. That's what made me pick. Carrigan, he was outstanding, and, and Yo came off the bench in the last game. And I believe you get one Dallium interchange player of the year. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of this guy, Dylan Walker. Um, I yeah. thought what he did for the Warriors coming off the bench, you know, they start off with the big boys in Barnett, uh, Fanua Blake and Toe Harris, and just his leg speed in and around the ruck. You know, he could ball play, laid offload, and then knew when to take a tough carry. And, you know, he could also fill in at 5'8", centre, you know, when they needed him to. So he was my interchange player of the year. And then a big drum roll for the big one. Your Dallium player of the year is... So my Dallium player of the year, Emma, and I didn't have him as halfback, but I'm going to have to go Sean Johnson. Mm. You know, I thought that run that he had 
this year it's six points you can get for the most amount of points per game because there's two people picking. I thought he would have you know, got a lot of points in that tally. Um, and I just think Cleary probably could have pushed him, but he missed five games and, and that's what hurt Nathan. But yeah, I'm really happy for Sean Johnson because the season he had last year, a lot of people wanted him to hang the boots up. Yeah. Andrew Webster mate, take a bow because whatever you've done, you've made him Dalian Player of the Year in my eyes. It is incredible. Like the turnaround yep. from when he was here at the Sharks, even going back home, still didn't initially click for him, but... You know what? Cops a lot of flack for the Sharks. He had a great season yeah. his second year. Um, it wasn't until the second last round when we lost him with a Achilles. He snapped his Achilles. And he, he got our Player of the Year award. But, yeah, the year after, it's, it's hard coming back from Achilles. And then, obviously, he goes back home, but they're still in Redcliffe. It's hard being away from your family, Emma. And Kayla wasn't over no. here when he first came to Cronulla, was she? She, so so she was playing netball yeah. for in New Zealand National League. I'm not sure what that's called, yeah. but it's tough. And he had a little little baby girl. This year, he's had his, he's had his second kid. Life's just like it's in the right spot for him. And another thing, we always speak about Adam Reynolds and, and um, Nathan Cleary knowing the best parts of the game. That's what Sean Johnson's done this year. He, we haven't seen the brilliance of him running and attacking the line. It's just his game managing, mm -hmm. you know, kicking the corners, getting the big boys to the right spots and being able to play off the back of. So we will officially get to know on Wednesday night yep. whether Sean Johnson is the Dalian player of the year. But I do back your team of the year. Oh, well thank you, well done, Woodsy. There's a couple, you know, yeah, but it's yeah. hard, man. There's so many good players throughout the year. You didn't put yourself in there? You could have given yourself interchange player? No? Oh, mate, I don't know. I, was, I could get their swap club. Yeah. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> I wouldn't give it to you about that. Only Del gives <laughs> it to you about that. But speaking of halfbacks, Adam Reynolds, uh, I saw a sign on the oh. Broncos game. It was, thank you, South. How do you think South will be feeling? They were offering him one year to stay. He wanted longer. Yep. There were rumours about whether it was because Souths were concerned about his body and he's back at the time. Probably parts of that are true, parts not. Adam Reynolds wanted longer and said, see you later, I'm going to Brisbane. And now he's taken them to a grand final and Souths don't even make the eight. Oh, it's, it's just a real kick in the face for South Sydney, isn't it? It's probably one of the stupidest decisions that they could ever make. I know you've got Latrell Mitchell there, you've got Cody Walker. They're outstanding and, you know, young Ilias. But Adam Reynolds, mate, local junior, loves the club. We all know what he can do, and he just wanted. I think I don't even think he wanted because like, he got three or four years at the Broncos. I think he only wanted a two or three year deal. When we heard this come out, I was at Cronulla, and obviously they they got told that you know Sean Johnson would be moving on. And I remember speaking to Wado about it. I said, "Mate, you should move heaven and earth just to mm. get Adam here." And you know the problem we couldn't match the dollars when we we're at Cronulla because I don't know what South didn't see, but everyone else seems to see that what he does on the field and what he does for the players around him. He just knows the right time to get the right players the ball. You know, he, his game managing is is the best. It's so hard to get a halfback that's played – he's nearly played 300 games. I think he's just past 250 or nearly 260. And they always talk about the great halfbacks don't come of age until they're a lot older. They learn how to play rugby league. You speak to Joey Johns or you hear him talk about it. It took him a long time to learn how to become a halfback. And what Adam does well, he, he reads games. You, you've heard the Brisbane Broncos players say he helps Kevy coach. Mm. Like, that's what they've lost at South Sydney. You know, South Sydney can be in games at times, but then they just fall away. Brisbane don't do that anymore. Like, it, it is so surprising they let him go. And it was funny, that sign. Like, thank you, South, for giving us Adam Reynolds. Because... I reckon now a lot of people at South will be asking questions on why we let him go. Yeah, he's got a, a couple of niggling injuries, but a lot of blokes have that when they get a bit older. You've got to just learn to manage your players. I remember at Sharks, we had Paul Gallon, Luke Lewis, Matt Pryor, Wade Grahams. Like, they went on the field every session, but they were always around the group. You know, they were in team chats, team videos. The leadership that they could bring onto us was second to none. You couldn't 
like you just can't put a price on that. You need that around the group, and that is what Brisbane needed. Like yeah. they have such a good young squad, but his mind at seven to steer that ship around it just helps those blokes because you can see at times. Walsh wants to go for that miracle play. But then you, if you watch when you're live, you can see behind play that Adam's sort of probably talking to him, saying, mate, maybe play the percentage play, just hit short or back yourself, and then we'll get him on the next mm-hmm. one. So he has been – he's probably been arguably one of the best buyers of, of the NRL, you know, modern-day era up there with, you know, Cooper Cronk and mm-hmm. what he did with the with the Roosters. Yeah. They had so many young stars coming through up there, didn't they? And they just needed that final piece of the puzzle. Mate, you could always see, like, there's – once it clicks – it could click for a while. It's similar to Penrith, like, and they've got Cleary, but he's young. And, yeah. and mate, that's why it's so, like, it's scary to see the potential that Nathan Cleary can reach because yeah. every year he just gets better. When you think that he can't get any more, adds more, like, you know, strings to his bow, he's unbelievable. Like, he's just a freak. So to see what Adam's done with all those young blokes up there, even, you know, another bloke doesn't get a lot of rap is Kurt Capewell. You know, his yeah. leadership, he's won a comp at Penrith. He's been 18th man for the, the Sharks competition in, in 2016. He knows what it takes just the the signing of those two old heads, Jesus helped out that group so much. And you got to give a bit of a rap to Kevy because he copped a lot of flack. Even at the start of this year when they were going to re-sign him, a lot of people were like, oh, I don't know, don't know. Mm. And what they've done, like they had the opportunity to finish minor premiers. They didn't care. They just wanted to rest their players yeah. and look at the reward they're getting now. And a crazy turnaround. Like they were wooden spooners three years ago. They were literally throwing wooden spoons onto that Red Hill training base. Oh. That's how passionate they are up there. And then, but you remember that season? They started off two and zero. They were yeah. outstanding. We had the COVID, and the comeback. They couldn't win a game. Yeah. Like they, were, it was like you just don't know what happened in that period. But then, you know, obviously Sebes gets the pun up there. Um, they bring in Kevy, you know, and there's a lot of a lot of factions in the club. The old boys are off certain sections. You know, they weren't happy what Sebes was doing, and then certain parts were happy with him. They've had to make a big call. I think they got Benny Eichen in as well. And then to see the reward that they're getting for everything. Yeah, last year was, you know, they were, they were in the top four last year until nine rounds to go and they just fell away. And it's good to see that they've learned so much from that period. You know, they could have got to the same period this year and then fallen back away again. But I reckon that's where Adam Reynolds steps in. You know, he, he just knows what to get the best out of the players. And how many prelims has Adam been at with the, with the Souths? And, and now he's been, this yeah. is his third grand final. He's won one, he's lost one. I think he's going to be huge from on Sunday. I think there are at least four prelims that he was in with Souths in the lead up to the 2020 yep. grand final at least. But oh, Sorry, 2021. 2021, yeah. Um, but anyway, it's going to be a great week. Can I get an early tip from you? I'm going to tip Penrith. Mm. Oh, sorry, no, I'm going to tip Brisbane, sorry. Okay. Brisbane, I'm going to back the Broncos. Going for the upset. Yes. And with the team they've got, this could be them making a couple of grand finals in a row now too. So Yeah, I, and I just said to you earlier, like, you know, there's a little bit of shakiness on the right edge of the Panthers, which is, as I said, Martin Tungo and Toa. And I just think that's uh, Reese Walsh's go-to side. So I'm going to be real excited to see how they can you know, handle that defensively because uh, they are the best defensive team in the competition. And I think that's them being put on notice from the other night. So... It's going to be a huge game and just love seeing both packs. They've got huge, big front row forwards and they're going to be going and trying to bash each other. It's going to be a massive week, a huge Sunday, and we will see you all next week for the final Monday edition of Footy Talk where we will wrap up the grand final.